Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the first season of SpongeBob SquarePants. In this episode, we are talking about Scaredy Pants, the first holiday episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, but also the first Halloween one. That is fantastic. This episode is the first part of the 13th episode of SpongeBob, and it was also premiered on my birthday. October 28th, 1999, I was turning nine years old on that day. I just gave you a ton of information about myself in one sentence. But this is one of my favorite episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, not just because it's Halloween. I'm a sucker for holiday-themed episodes. Uh, but then on top of that, Halloween is number one for me in, in episodes. And I feel like most cartoons nail their Halloween episodes. And this is no different for SpongeBob. And of course, they'll have a, a long list of other holidays to uh, to tackle. But the fact that they did Halloween first always makes me smile. Um, so in this episode, I'm not speaking with anybody from the collab this week. Unfortunately, we had a bit of a shift change and I had to bring someone in super quickly or I would be recording this episode myself, which is not a problem, but I always like to try to have somebody there just to bounce ideas off of and not just me rambling for uh for a long period of time but i knew of uh, michael norman who appeared on two previous episodes of this podcast would be perfect for this episode simply because of his experience running and being a part of haunted attractions throughout the new england area um so i knew he got me involved with a hollow with a uh, with a haunted house last year um super big professional it's called demented fx up in uh up in holyoke massachusetts uh definitely check them out once everything's you know kind of cleared and we're able to kind of go back to normal life again but uh yeah he got me involved there and the i, I the process of getting in the mindset of of being an actor in a haunted house is it's stressful but it's fun at the same time and it's not something that's just easy you, you know especially if you have a speaking part which i had um but i knew he would be perfect to, to come in and talk about halloween experiences and then of course just talking about what he does uh putting on haunted houses and, and the the back end of them the front end how how he gets into character things like that so it's a wonderful conversation about halloween haunted houses and then of course we get into scaredy pants the spongebob halloween special 
So enjoy our conversation. If you if you are a fan of this show in any way, shape, or form, one of the biggest things you can do to help out is to share this episode. Word of mouth is strong for podcasts, and I would really appreciate if anybody out there could share the link to this episode or just share about the show in general on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Tag me in any of your posts and I would love to have a conversation with you and I just want to meet more fans out there so by all means if you enjoy what you're listening to help us out any way you can so now let's move on to scaredy pants with my special guest this week Michael Norman weirdo with a lot going on in his head so every day is halloween yes <laughs> <laughs> i literally picked I, I picked a profession that i was like you know i didn't get really cool costumes as a kid so maybe i should just do that every day well i was just gonna ask you what's your what's the worst halloween costume you ever wore and you, you can't choose something that was chose for you like what was the worst costume you looked at and said I want to dress like that for an entire okay. night okay so so here's here's the thing I I had extreme ADHD as a child so <laughs> I uh we would always go to uh I party every year or whatever it was the costume store in uh East Long Meadow or whatever and we would go in and my mom would be like pick anything and I would pick a costume every year but then we had a Halloween bin in the basement where there were like 30 years, because I have older siblings, 30 years of Halloween costumes in these buckets, right? Yeah. And every year I would get a costume, and then Halloween would come 20 days, month later, and my costume would already be, you know, broken because I wore it for 30 days. So I would just go downstairs into the basement, make a huge, weird hodgepodge. Like one year... Uh, one year when Brink came out, I was, you know, the lead rollerblader from Brink. That was probably my most complete costume. But then the year after, I still wanted to be the guy from Brink, but I also wanted to be a barbarian and kung fu master. So I had... What? Yeah. <laughs> so I had my rollerblades, my Brink helmet. I scrapped, you know, the basketball getup that the Brink guy wore, and then uh, I put on some armor, uh, a ninja gi over the hat, and uh, I carried a, a giant uh, sword 
that look like uh, Frostmourne from uh, World of Warcraft. Jeez. My answer is a lot simpler than that because my worst costume that I personally chose was one year I was Gabumon from Digimon. That is one of the greatest no, costumes you no. could ever. It's you one of those just things. Th- paint yourself? No, I was in like iParty or Party City. They have go? so many different names. Uh, so many different like Halloween stores at the time or like party, party stores. stores. So yeah. I believe at the time it was called iParty in town. But um, going through, they, God bless um, Party City and their setup for Halloween costumes because it's literally just a board of pictures. Oh, you and see, you, we didn't have that, which And you sucked. pick that, yep. you pick a picture, and they bring you your size, and you mm-hmm. try it on. I Party at the time was like, here's five aisles with every costume, every costume crammed could, in. Yep. And sometimes you'd, you'd get the thing, and you'd look in it, and someone took a bunch of the pieces. Yeah, somebody took like the one part that was yep. really cool. So then you'd have to look for it or, or try to find something that yep. looked like it. So i remember i couldn't tell you what other choices i had at the time but this was definitely like i was maybe not eight or nine years old maybe even 10 which is just worse like it gets worse the older i get because i remember agumon or gabumon now agumon is a superior digimon but gabumon has a cooler design yes he does which is what I was saying to myself when I chose the Gabumon costume, like this just looks cooler and it had the extra arms because he had the, the he was fins. wearing like a wolf, yeah. wolf's, sc- yeah, it had everything. Big yellow belly. Yeah. I looked terrible. Oh it's God. a terrible costume and it's one that didn't take me long to regret. Probably not that night. Maybe that night when my best friend's father was like, huh, what are you supposed to be? See, I think it would have been better if they were like, here's, you know, Garurumon, because you would have looked a lot cooler. You'd have yeah, had he had scars like, he at least would have had jeans and whatnot. Yeah. Like, and like a punk shorts. rocker like, thing on his arm. No, that's where Garurumon. Oh, yeah. We got it. And then there's Metal Garurumon. Metal, that would just be that's you walking one. around in like a, a night it's a lot suit. of aluminum. Yeah. Ting, ting, <laughs> the ting, plumbers ting. in town are really upset. They're like, we gotta get that, that guy out. wasted all of the aluminum. <laughs> Uh, did you have a best costume? A best costume? Uh, let me think. Thinking back to Halloweens, I I did the same thing almost every Halloween. I did a very crude but very well done Heath Ledger Joker makeup. Um, when that came out, I you know cosplay wasn't really that big of a thing so you couldn't just order these things yeah on it was just Amazon. being um it was just at that time yeah. still being like celebrated in its small groups yep. and, on, and you would have to go like i went to goodwill like three of them just to try to find you know the shirt i found a vest i found a paisley tie nothing even compared to the hexagonal shirt and all that jazz oh yeah um and you know dyed my hair with the spray dye and you know, did the ma- the, the makeup. Uh, my dad, he, he did, like, professional clown makeup back in the day. Uh, oh. So he helped me a little, and we made it look just amazing. Uh, yeah, both times I dressed up as the Joker, the makeup part is terrible. Except oh, yeah. the, the only good thing is there was one time I dressed up and made a custom costume of the Joker in Arkham Asylum. Hmm. I tried to dye, like, white pants to get the correct shade of purple. I tried to get a white 
I, I bought a purple jacket from Hot Topic. Like mm-hmm. they basically had a Joker jacket at the time oh, that nice. was like eighty bucks. Yeah. Um, and that was the one time I ever really tried to do the the makeup nice, mm-hmm. like go for more of a Jack Nicholson, and it's so hard. It's it, so difficult. It is so hard to do Jack Nicholson, and if you're not doing makeup, you would. The perfect thing to do for Jack Nicholson is actually take uh, two marbles, the larger marbles, and just stuff your cheeks. Really? Yeah. Man. Because then the other time I've dressed up as Joker was for Heath Ledger, and that Mm -hmm. one, the makeup's already kind of messy, so if you don't get it perfect, it's fine. When, When I did it, makeup wasn't that great that you would get from, like, iParty either. So, like, three hours into having this on... I remember going to a Halloween party and I'm just like, this is just, I, I, this is just gross. I have to take it. It was just all grease paint. So I was just like, I have to take this off my face. So then I just look like a guy in like a, a nice, nice weird suit. You're only going to really look weird to anybody who walks in and didn't see you come in with the white makeup like once people see your costume they get it like at least for adults yeah with the with the makeup off i just look like spencer reed from criminal minds that i hope you told at least one person who did walk up they're like hey what are you supposed to be and you're like spencer reed i'm matthew gray goobler (laughs) aldo model clearly you haven't seen the da vinci code (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness now we've been talking about Halloween experiences mm-hmm. in our personal lives, but you've experienced Halloween in a completely different way that I'm guaranteeing most people haven't. You are on the professional side of Halloween, haunted attractions, and businesses that would put on like Halloween esque shows and entertainment. You've been a part of that for a long time. Yes, I started in 2012 um, over at Six Flags. And I started in stage shows. I actually uh, was (laughs) kind of, I wasn't given the opportunity, but uh, in college they were like, hey, if you audition, because I was in the theater program, they're like, hey, if you go and audition for Six Flags real quick, uh, we'll give you extra credit. And if you get cast, you'll get even more extra credit. So I went for one of the stage shows. I got cast in like, you know, uh, it was called Showdown in Ghost Town and uh, Verdict is Sorcery. So I was, you know, uh, a cowboy who was, you know, did a shootout show three times a day and then i did a witch beheading show three times a day yep um and then you know i just kept going back year after year uh i did another show more two's coffins which was super fun where i was like a kind of like a a beetlejuice-esque character um he sold used coffins and he was also the mc of fright fest so if you went there between 2013 and 2017 you would have met me there and then after that I went on to work at Demented FX um, as a scare actor, and there, uh, then in 2019, it's 2020, uh, I was their, uh, you know, director of actors, their acting director. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a, that's so much to do with scaring people and just being entertaining around the Halloween season. Yeah, it, it's a different kind of entertainment because you're trying to kind of you know put these people into this crazy story this bigger world than themselves scaring them and it's just sensory overload from start to finish in the scare industry Uh, and honestly it's my favorite kind 
of acting just because you're able to kind of use maybe uh, past traumas or things like that to yeah. then just propel yourself forward and bring out these just tortured characters that could be fun, scary, uh, comedic, you know, or just plain terrifying. Now, Six Flags, you are more, even though I guess you're supposed to come off scary, but still approachable. So one thing that I remember Six Flags was always trying to do, especially when I started there in 2012, is they were trying to be like the scariest, okay. you know, and um, the park I worked at in particular, we were some of the highest scores, you know, in the country of being the scariest theme so park. More, more than what Universal Studios does down south with their Halloween like they take it super seriously they take it super serious we actually most of the actors from our park they went on to, to you know go work for Universal Disney all these different places um, and then you know year after year we would just have more and more talent want to work for them um, one of my now good friends you know he watched I watched him kind of grow up he would go to my shows when he was like 12 13 years old and the minute he turned 16 he was like i need to work at this place yeah you know oh yeah and like he's in his 20s now um but it there are people who literally see these things go to these things every year and they will practice at home and they will continuously just want to get scarier and scarier and scarier so that they can make a profession out of this and one thing i think that's really helping now is social media um, especially like YouTube and TikTok and, and platforms where you're able to just, you know, make creepy little videos or, or character driven things, which in the future, when theme parks open back up, scary places open back up and we'll be able to run full time. I think we're going to see a lot of really good new talent, which will be really cool. Absolutely. Do you do you have a preference between being a serious scare actor and with the goal of actually scaring people or like, where does your heart lie between that and being the entertaining kind of creepy host where you'd like to scare people, but you're really there to entertain them. Like, so for me personally, I love entertaining people. Um, yeah. that was like what I meant to do. I meant to make people laugh, cry, get angry and just, you know, pick every single emotion out of them and make their day the best day possible. But one thing I learned once I left the stage show aspect of it is that I could do that in another venue. Um, I was nationally recognized in 2018 with one of the characters I created um, over at the, the Haunted House. And I was able to literally just be a dramatic actor in a horror setting. Yeah, which, which was yeah. very different to me. Um, but I needed something to get me through the nights because they were so long. Um, so I was basically in this little pillbox where people had to stop at me and they were like improv. So I improv for a little, but then I made a complete script and, you know, it was, you know, a, a 4.2 minute script because it had to be timed like every, every four minutes, every three minutes, and then every two minutes. So I would, every person would get the same show. But I would, you know, just go completely at it, full, real tears, crazy outbursts, and just 
people were like, oh my God, this is, this, what is going on? And some people would actually be truly concerned. And I was like, I have never experienced this before. I'm used to people, <laughs> I'm used to people watching me for 15 to 20 minutes and then wanting a picture and then being like, I'll see you tomorrow. I, I loved your show so much. I'm going to come back. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, look, that exact mindset is the way I went with the character you wrote for me. Yeah. Which, um, I was a part of Demented FX last year mm-hmm. and that was the goal knowing I feel like when you go into a haunted house every single person is just they all want to be the person to get you to jump mm-hmm. like that's that's the endorphin that just goes through your body when you scare yep. somebody yeah. and with everybody trying to fire on all cylinders with varying degrees in capability mm-hmm. I feel like it's more enriching to be that one part where there's like a false sense of security you give the person because mm-hmm. then you can set them up for the scare. Yep. So you can kind of just be like, I'm going to be here to be entertaining. And, ooh, look at me, look at me, boom. It's almost like being the, um, man, what, I'm, I'm, there's a goalie, there's a hockey term for it. The, the person who sets up the shot for the person who gets the goal. Oh, okay. Um, and crazy thing. I'm just going to drop this. Wayne Gretzky, greatest hockey player in history. Oh yeah. Has the record for the most goals. Maybe that's been beat, but whenever I heard this, I, you know, he was the, the highest goal person. Mm -hmm. Double that. He had more. He was also the number one in like the support setup. Oh, okay. So that means more than half the time he was trying to set up for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, I'd like to be that person in a haunted environment. Just, but ride that line too. Or also for the people who are legitimately scared of you, you can really lay in on them. Mm-hmm. And that is that that most of my training, actually, myself and a, a lot of other people that you know I came up with um, in the industry, our training was mostly on that. It was don't just try to scare the person set that person up for each kind of make it like a kill chain you know like one two three and then those three people in a line can get one person nine to twelve times right right you know um and don't just you know kind of rely on being loud and being big and use everything you can you know uh, use your environment. Just don't. One thing that definitely gets me is when you have, you know, someone like yourself who's just this like super tall, you know, brooding type person, and that's all they use. You know, they don't use their voice. They don't use anything. Yeah, they, they just, just think the the sheer look. They're like, I'm tall. Yeah. I'm I'm strong. Someone's going to be scared of that. And it's like, <laughs> that is the career of the great Kali in yeah. wrestling. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm just really tall and I'm, I'm here. I'm and... tall and I look strong, but it's like, what are you, what are you going to do with that? You use more than just that because you know, if you're big, you're tall, you're strong. And then you come out with a weird little voice. That'll scare people more than your, your size. Yeah. You, you know, you want to, sup- the whole point, the scare is the surprise. The surprise. Um, you got to think of this. You got to draw out the map of your, of your haunt mm-hmm. and you're placing people where they're going. And let's say you have 50 scare actors in one, in one haunt going through. If you 
make everybody scream at the patrons. You're not giving the patrons the moment of of not knowing what's going to happen because at some point they're going to be like, great, every person we run mm-hmm. into. And then after 40 of them, okay, if you have that one that talks, they're just that's a that's that's not the reward. If you do it every other, once again, you you have to set it in a way that throughout the entire walk, the entire experience, the the scarer uh, the, or the scary, the people walking through are never ahead of you. Like they don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. And that's one thing I feel like a lot of uh, places that do these uh, actually fall short is they don't think about the storytelling aspect. If you don't have a story and all you have are big sets and you have no story and all you're trying to do is, you know, overload these people with sounds and yelling and screaming, you're not going to have a good product. And you may think you're doing a great job. And you're like, wow, we're doing so great. Like, we're screaming and people are screaming. But then afterwards, you have a ton of people who walk out going, is that it? I could have played Resident Evil and got a a better scare than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, And a story. People want a story. I think the story always... Because I'm somebody that buys into that stuff. Yeah. I know it's fake, but if I have somebody telling me before I go in, okay, in this uh, in this building, uh, there was a doctor, and this doctor killed everybody, and I'm I'm going there like, okay, I'm trying to like mentally get myself, mm-hmm. you know, I'm putting it's it's almost, I think a, a way we we think critically, like you're yeah. you're just putting yourself in a certain mindset. So if somebody wants to put in the effort to give me a story, I will give them the effort of thinking of somebody like, ooh, this is real, and, and mm-hmm. you know. But um, but then you get some places that I think the Trail of Terror in Wallingford mm-hmm. where they have such a big location and such massive structures like when you're walking up to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. So th- it's all broken up into different sections of mm-hmm. either famous licensed properties or just your average haunted ru- like the carnival. Yeah. You know, is always a go to. Um, it's, it's impressive, but the only thing, there's two things about that place. And to me, it's positive. I'm not being negative on them, but it's, uh, the spectacle, like, Mm -hmm. wow, this is big. And a lot went into this. And then it's the moments that really surprise you. Mm -hmm. Um, last, the last time I went, they had a section that blew my mind. It was not scary at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Probably the least scary part of this entire walk, but the creativity that went into it, it was haunted, murderous Sesame Street. Oh, okay. So (laughs) there are people in big costumes that are over like over the top to look with just ragged teeth and and just blood splatters and Oscar the Grouch and Cookie Monster. And there's Big Bird, but not all there. And. They have the music being played at a slow level, so okay. it's really creepy. And I'm just looking around, a weird like weird minor key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm just looking around, like amazed, Ama- almost as if a kid walked onto Sesame Street for the first time and it was legit. You're like, oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. It gets even better. You go through one of those air tunnels. Oh, okay. Into all of a sudden, you're hearing the Muppet Show being played really wow. slowly, and you're in the Muppet Theater. That's cool. Yeah, and they had a guy playing the Swedish Chef. Mm-hmm. Doing something dastardly. And yeah, it's not there to scare you. 
Um, and I wrote that at the end. They have a survey thing as well. Like, hey, what was your favorite part, least favorite part, any critiques or anything? And I'm like, more more of that. And more that's of one that thing, kind of creativity. That's one thing I feel like a lot of places they don't hit on the ball. And I mean, that, that may just uh, be me coming from like a comedic background where, uh, you know, <laughs> um, but when they try to do something funny, um, their energy is wasted um, because they think it's funny to themselves and it's very niche funny. Um, but that is something where it is people know what it is. People know that, oh, this is here to break it up and to be kind of like the comic relief. And then I'm going to get scared afterwards. Um, right. But some places just have it, you know, thrown somewhere random and then thrown somewhere random again. And you're like, what was that? <laughs> That's why in big groups I would I would zero in on one or two people and make fun of them. Yeah. Because then it's not trying to appease everybody in the group. Mm -hmm. You're you're singling out one or two people that you're like, you're not going to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. And it's going to distract you not enjoying yourself is going to distract your group because they're laughing and they're also knowing like how oh, he's getting picked on mm -hmm. that when I lead them into the next room, if the right person is there, massive scare. Yeah. And that's you and I go through haunted attractions yeah. with now a critical mind. I, it took me working at a, place one year uh, and I've worked at smaller ones too but mm -hmm. I had a specific role in those um, but it took me working one year actually in a professional haunted house for me to then like be able to walk through others and go okay now I I see where you're being great and I also see where you're you're missing the ball yeah that's one thing where I, I I've been in leadership um, now for just like so long um, that when I really started going around the area in like 2015, I would just be, I, I wouldn't enjoy it as much. Uh, some of them, because I was like, Oh wow. Um, this, this is riddled with, with things that could coming from a corporate world, get you in a lot of trouble and be, um, just, it's, it's not a very like professional, you know, right, show that right. they're putting on. Um, and that, that's not me coming off like, Oh, I've been doing this. It's me coming off. Like there's so much they can do, especially since around here, there are so many amazing venues that have such amazing sets and such amazing costumes, but their execution is just not, they just don't have someone who's able to push it forward. You know, right. They may right. have someone who's only done backyard haunts and then they get the opportunity cause they like just work hard and they don't really but they don't put any extra, you know, effort into it or they don't like doing their homework. Um, and, and that's one thing that's I don't want to come off as a like me or you, you or yeah. I don't know better than anyone else out yes. there. But the whole thing is about coming together and using the absolute best of everyone's ideas, especially with with a haunt. So exactly. Um, I'm sure some of the things that I could point out is going yeah, that's probably not as good. I'm sure there is somebody out there who would who would in a professional sense say that is good mm -hmm. and you talk through it and hopefully come out with an even better idea than what both of you had going into the yeah. conversation, you know, because yeah. there's so many different ways to scare somebody mm -hmm. and everybody is different. Yep. You know, I only truly get frightened in a, in a haunted house, haunted trail 
when massive spiders are involved. That's it. Everything else is either going to make me cringe or make me laugh. Like it's mm -hmm. so, yeah, I'm a very specific person. You're not going to get me frightened unless you have mm -hmm. a, a spider theme, but at least I'll walk out appreciating what you did. Mm hmm. Yeah, mine With, is touching. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing that you're like, the no. The one thing. No, don't do that. I'm like, D -d don't you don't do that. That's all. That's a, a lawsuit, and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you signed a waiver coming in. <laughs> it was like, uh, we went, and I was like, I did not sign a waiver, and the guy's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went to a place that actually had yeah. a had a waiver you could sign and you'd have to wear like a colored yeah and i did like, not have band. any of these bands on and the and dude did it. touched me multiple times and i was like was it your leg wasn't the one he, grabbing he, your he leg grabbed my leg yeah. tried pulling me under a bed and i was like bruh i'm not wearing i'm not wearing anything where do you see can... this color and he's like see... sorry <laughs> <laughs> which still creepy yeah still creepy still creepy yeah i don't the, the touching doesn't really bother me because i know the spots people are gonna go for yeah it's obvious so you're just you're prepared mm -hmm. but uh but yeah i don't deal with the spiders <laughs> trail of terror that's the one like they start out with arachnophobia mm -hmm. they tell you they're like you're about to go into arachnophobia and it's the start of the trail and i'm like nope and i grab whoever's shoulders in front of me and i put my head down and i close my eyes i'm not a i don't feel like less of a man by saying that i'm just telling you i don't like this unrealistic thing yeah my my what eight I'm, foot spiders i gotta tell you one of my favorite things to do when we were putting up in july and august at uh the flags was in one of the old haunted areas that's now a new haunted area um there was a spider's lair and it had multiple giant spiders how big uh we had like as big as a car Yes, we had three that were that big. Dude, I, <laughs> we had three that were huge, um, non-animatronic. Then we had two giant animatronic spiders. And it was, when once you were going into this catacomb area, you would look to your left, look to your right. The minute you walk into the catacombs, right to your right was this giant animatronic spider uh, covered by, like, a roof. And then you would walk through all these spider webs that would, you know, uh, like a little under, not a, not a quarter mile, but, you know, like... The, uh, I 300 yards of, i'm getting anxiety just you describing this this yeah. is terrible i don't even know what arachnophobia looks like in trail of terror because i've never i've always seen always inside of my islands yeah um the first time i went there though because they changed the current layout has been a little bit the same with some few touches for the last couple years i went but the first time i ever went they had a part where you could go down a slide oh and um luckily my friend, one of my best friends went down the slide first and quickly I was behind him and he quickly yelled up, Eric, close your eyes, spider. And I was like, what? And I went down the slide with my eyes closed. But as, as, as much as I am afraid, I'm also, there is that just like, I do have a base level curiosity. Mm -hmm. So I like opened my eyes a little bit and it was a mat, like right when you'd go down a massive, like trailer sized spider just down at you and i quickly got out of that room like, okay, uh, <laughs> okay eyes closed uh, done door, door there. done but yeah that's yeah that's my thing luckily i haven't been in one who who 
thank goodness I didn't go into Six Flags' haunted house. Oh yeah, we, hit, we there were a lot of always a lot of spider webs. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> and almost everything we the did. The one time I, w- <laughs> I, I was gonna tell you this when you were uh, at your little birthday party, there was a lot of Six Flags. Yeah. Crew there, um, and I was gonna say this, but I just didn't know if it would fall flat with the rest of them. But my favorite, uh, like thing they built for Halloween ever is when I was a kid. Uh, you know the bridge over to where the the picnic area is? Yes, the grove. The grove. They had in the woods a massive tubed, like, dragon or snake. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those tubes of, like, that kids would crawl through. Oh, okay. One of those, like, metal fabric spring-looking things. Yeah. So it was a massive one of those that was clearly just, like, spray-painted a bunch of colors with just goofy eyes on it and then there was two like dead bodies on the ground in front of it and it would move up and down and just being a kid walking over the bridge looking to your left and seeing that i was just staring at it for like 10 minutes so it's funny like a lot of the stuff that was when it was pre six flags when it was like riverside riverside the stuff they made was very hokey and it was maybe it was it could have been riverside very out there and i mean I've made some pretty weird stuff. Uh, you know, like they would be like, go make stuff, get ready for, you know, this is this is the punch list, go make whatever you can, you know. And I would be like, if I was out of lumber, I'd be like, okay, fucking sticks. <laughs> it's twigs over there. That is a tree that fell down. I'm going to log that. And I would literally make my own lumber, you know. I would, <laughs> I'd take an axe and, you know, do crazy stuff. And then they'd walk through and they'd be like, did he lag? But what? The? Okay, it looks like a cabin. I guess that's cool. Right, right, right. Is that a mermaid? What? Where did you? Why did you make a mermaid? I thought it would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> it you seemed know? cool. We're going for scary. Yeah, scary too. You know, just take a fake skeleton and then bind its legs together, put some fabric around it, and I made like weird fins on it, and they're like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> It no, looked like a mermaid. Like, you're like, no, no, we can yeah. put it in the water park and I, because yeah. then it'll be I d- scary. I did what was called corpsing. So you put like latex over it and they're just like, that's cool. Okay, that's actually really cool. And then they made another. They had one of the seamstress make another one. Um, See, but it was like awesome. for the carnival, the freak show area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, yeah. But there's there's always cool little stuff like that that's all around. Like one year in, in, in the Midnight Mansion, oh, one of my supervisors uh, I, I I went up to her and it was like my first year doing like work crew and I was like, hey, what's up with all the monkey heads everywhere? And she's like, I don't know what you mean. And I was like, follow me. And I was like, these. And there were these giant wooden monkey heads, like giant, like you know, like made with a chainsaw. Like someone made these and they were like lacquered and and what? stained. Um, and they were of various sizes. The biggest one probably was like two feet by two feet you know Jeez. this huge cubed monkey sculpture and there were seven of them in 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 there and i was like i love these and she's like well i put them in there so you know they're they're a little a secret and i was like okay can i have them and she's like what do you mean have them like keep them and I'm like no, no 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 we were we were remaking uh one of the the haunts in the grove and it was, you know, zombie aftermath, and it was in a summer camp. And I was like, I'm making a totem pole. And I took all six of the monkey heads, and I made a totem pole. Like That's what they were originally meant for. Yeah, and I made 
an eight foot totem pole it is still there to this day actually kids broke in and they broke it apart but someone put it back together and it is it, it i think it's still there how did they break in uh, is the grove like a little island you can get in there uh there are security teams so don't try it but uh people you know they come in they try to party oh, in the woods you're, you're saying when the park is open when they the, try to yeah, when they the park get through down there. When the park is closed at nighttime, like teenagers in the area try to, you know, they get in the and then they break stuff. Ugh. Um, you know, like like it's one thing that that's what upsets me more than the kids breaking in. Like, it's one thing if you're trying to use this space as a if you're using a, like the grove as a picnic. Yeah, but you're gonna root like destroy things. And the weird thing is, like we have. Over the years, when I worked there, we had, like, tons of groups, you know, come through there and never make their way into the woods. But it's always, like, you know, the local kids just come in. Like, one year, like, they burnt a bunch of the they, – they took all the fake bodies from the zombie area, and then they put them on the be- – there's a beach down there yeah. by the river, and they burnt all the bodies. They're not real, I you would know? be terrified to go into a haunted attraction like that at night oh. with no one there. Oh, like – so a few years ago, they actually had a ghost team go and do like a, oh. <laughs> you know, they, they did. Not a, that I don't believe in ghosts, but sometimes those teams are really, really corny. Bro, they were like, there's a spirit of a dead little girl here. And I was like, they're like, people who work here have said for years that there's someone who lives down here and like, you know, haunts them. And I was like. At that point, I worked there for six years, and I was like, I've been out here till midnight or 1 o'clock working by myself uh, <laughs> uh, in the middle of August, and the only thing that scared me were bears. So, uh, no, there isn't a dead little girl haunting people down here. It's, it's a it's a dead little bear. Yeah, a dead little bear. Okay, they didn't say they, it was a human. <laughs> they said girl. <laughs> Eric. A girl bear. A gr- okay. <laughs> They're like it died in the 1800s, and it was from Riverside. She, she told us her name was Rachel, and that her shoe size was an eight and a half, and that she wanted a season pass. What? She wanted a season pass with a P E Z a season pass. Season pass. Season pass. Oh my god! Salt and pepper, please. <laughs> she still had her. She needs her picture updated. She's like, I need the picture updated. I also. I also want a fast pass. I was just about to say that. The flash pass. Platinum and free parking. I've been dead down here Wait. for 18 years. But you don't have a car. Just listen. Ghosts can have cars too. Can can you bring the tram down? Just can the tram uh, pick me up? I want the guy who says it's party time. Can the bus pick me up? Can the bus pick me up? Did you guys ever had a, a bus there? Like an actual Six Flags bus? What do you mean by that? Like you know when they would do the parades? Uh, so... Because they have the Batmobile. So when I got there... Um, all that stuff was being like we had the parade trailer and all that jazz. When I first got there, I got to learn how to drive the trolley. And I, when I first started, like, you know, supervising, I was an assistant supervisor, supervisory's assistant. I was a lead, which in other parks is a supervisor. But, you know, New England was a lot different. They named it differently. They have three tiers instead of just two, like most other parks. Um, but they're, I learned how to drive the trolley, and that was probably the last thing. That and the the little uh, gator mobile that I They got rid did. of the Batmobile before the trolley? Yeah. So the Batmobile, the one from Clooney's reign, was just chilling, which was the one in the parade with all the lights and stuff on it. Where the guy drove in the front. Yeah. 
um, that was in one of the back lots. Technically, technically, Michael, that's mm -hmm. Kilmer's back. Ki sorry, Kilmer, the silver All one. All right. Yeah. Come on now. Um, but no, that that I got to sit in that. That was pretty cool. It did definitely did not run at all. Um, and I know bef when before I got there, uh, one of them I think went to like Jersey or something like that, and that's in the near their Batman ride. Oh, so they just have it at least for display purposes. Yeah, like I was Jersey gonna, has it. I was going to be upset if they just like trashed it. No, they they usually like big stuff like that. They don't destroy that. That gets that gets sent to a different Gotham City. Why? Um, I feel like the time I the times I've gone through the New Jersey Six Flags, there's been a lot more Looney Tunes statues. They have a lot of cool stuff at Jersey. Honestly. Yeah. What? Why don't they put more of that in Six Flags New England? I know. Like, why did they? I have. Or is that all them paying for it for their park? That's each park has their own budgets, man. Yeah. Like, um, and it all depends. I mean, I, I, I don't know why. Um, all I know is we, we have, we, we had a lot of shows and stuff like that. And I know, like, when you met the Looney Tunes at, at Six Flags in New England, anyway, like, that was that was one big thing that New England has, other than other parks, where the most characters you can meet the most characters at New England, right? On the East Coast, anyway, like you could literally meet almost every single Looney Tune. Um, you could meet every superhero other than Green Lantern. Um, oh, they pulled him. Um, he in 2016. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Ryan Reynolds movie was just like. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, we're not featuring that guy anymore. Yeah, but in 2017, you could meet uh, Damian Wayne. You could meet uh, Batman, Flash, and Wonder Woman and Supergirl, Harley Quinn, and Joker. Yeah. And the Riddler. Not Captain Cold? No, not Captain Cold. They took him away, he, too. The last year I think Captain Cold was there was like 2011, 2012. Yeah, the Legion of Doom Yeah, show. the Legion of Doom, when I got there. Which was such a corny they, show. They all got sent back to Arkham, man. <laughs> it was such a corny show. It was right Six Flags New England. We had a, a Batman stunt show, which was basically uh, a, a very corny retelling of Batman Forever. And when they wanted to get rid of it, they stopped the show and then but kept the, the theater for a new show called Legion of Doom, which wasn't a stunt show, but was just like six villains being one after another one would start the show like i'm the joker and then captain cold out of nowhere would be like wait a minute i'm captain cold and i do this and it was like them interrupting each other going like oh yeah see i never <laughs> every <laughs> time never i every it? time i went to six flags i went to the stadium i only saw the batman stunt show once and i saw it for five whole minutes and i loved it i loved every oh, minute my. of it and I went to go. I went back one year to just go see that show, and it was their dark day, so it wasn't running. And I just remember like being like, "I'm never gonna be able to see this again." <laughs> and then I went back another year, and they're like, "Oh no, it's the Legion of Doom show, and the last one just happened. So sorry, you won't be able to see it today." And I was like, "What can I see?" And they're like, "You could see the Trash Tones." And I, so I went and I watched them, the drummers, and I was like, "This is cool, I guess." <laughs> Where's the Legion of Doom? It's like, I like superheroes. I want to go see them. That's the one thing I'll give Six Flags New England. The best superhero section compared to any other Six Flags park mm -hmm. I've been to. Like, by a by a large margin. 
Yeah, the one thing that does sadden me is they didn't get the uh, the dark ride that New Jersey got, which is actually the Hall of Justice. They got Star Labs, which was uh, Cyborg, the ride. So <laughs> it wasn't really – they didn't even get Cyborg, the character. Uh, which, which is a shame. You and I talked about one of our first conversations where we went down the, the rabbit hole of uh, Six Flags and what goes on behind the scenes was the lack of the Teen Titans – Oh, as a yeah. property in these parks. Yeah, the, they're lost. There were Teen Titans costumes, but they were um they were at like uh, you could see them for promotional things at like WB stores when the 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 cartoon came out. Uh you could look them up and they actually looked really cool, but they were um like plushy. Yeah, yeah. Like they weren't real people. Which still though, I mean even having that would have been cool. Yeah. And I think you and I looked up. There was one Six Flags that did have a pizza restaurant that was they based did. off they of the, Teen Titans. The Teen Titans pizza restaurant, which was really cool. I think it would have been amazing if they um, – I actually had a conversation with my with one of my buddies, Andy, and we thought we, – we pitched it like every year because they're always like new ideas. And we're like, Teen Titans area for the little kids. And people are like, that's not going to be popular. And then like a year later, the new Teen Titans show came out. And it was the most popular children's show. Yeah, of the was year. Teen Titans Go. Yep. Yeah, it still is popular too. One of the craziest things is the year I worked at Six Flags, they changed. They have uh, right next to. Right now it's the Hall of Justice, but it used to be an indoor Joker ride, which was just after a year or two got really just grimy and gross. And now it is Star Labs Cyborg. Yeah. Which is the same ride as Joker. <laughs> no, the. The one, the, the Hall of Justice at New England, where yeah. you go and meet everybody. There's a ride in there now? Yep. They turned it into Cyborg. Okay, you did say that. Yep. And I thought you were talking about New Jersey for a no, second. No, yeah, it's it's basically a backwards Joker's wild card. Oh, my goodness. It's like the same ride. Oh, well, next to it, they had Poison Ivy's Tangled Train. Still which the best was a roller tiny, coaster ever. It was a tiny roller coaster, and it was going through, like... Ivy. Ivies and just a real like almost like a swamp looking thing. Yep. So the first year I went there, they reach they renamed the ride Catwoman's Whip, changed the carts to purple, and that's it. It was still now, you were now still they going have a statue a and stuff. But. Yeah, they have a statue of Catwoman, but you're going through a swamp still, and it's just I was like, why'd you guys change this? And they were like, I. We don't know. Talking about that statue, one of my favorite days ever. I was chilling uh, with my boy Robin, and uh, a guy walks up to Robin, and he's like, hey, what do you think about that statue? And I was like, sir, I don't want to have this conversation. I'm like 16. And he's like, <laughs> no, tell me what you think about that statue. How old is this guy? This guy was in his 40s. Like late, with no family late, or anybody? Late, just late 40s, just no family. Just walking through the park alone? Well, he just got off the ride. Catwoman's whip. And he's like, what do you think about the statue? And I was like, I don't want to have this conversation with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, I like it. And I was like, that's good for you. I'm a child. What if, What would you have done if a like a bald patron in a suit just started to be Lex Luthor? Oh, my God. Like. Uh, overacting to the crowd to make him, them think that he's Lex Luthor. Like, oh, this is a part of Six Flags. Berate him and belittle him. Would you have stopped him, though? Yes. Or would you have... Would you have played along played to the point it. of belittling him? <laughs> so uh, it is uh, close to the end of summer, so... Are you about to tell me somebody tried this? Listen, so 
closer to the end of summer when you're getting towards you know september that's when a lot of the people start coming in costumes and, and you guys will allow that too right and like, we will allow that and you know during the whole summer if you come in like a cosplay or weird clothing we're not gonna they, they, they weren't they wouldn't really stop you as long as you like you you're not a, you they you know you're not used a to be that guy who dressed up as superman yes <laughs> Uh, the Rickler. Uh, he walks around Springfield in his um, Superman in, in super, Superman, uh, Supergirl, all these different costumes. Dora the Explorer. Uh, he once came into a Burger King uh, when I was King? in college as Pocahontas. Even better. Um, no, but the the city knows that guy. I forget his real name. Um, but anyway, they would allow you to wear costumes. Yeah, they would allow you to wear costumes. And um, Batman and Robin are walking around one day and weird thing this guy actually uh became one of my good friends and worked at the park three years later <laughs> he was in a jack frost costume and jack frost santa claus three or jack frost rise of the guardians rise of the guardians okay and we're like like batman looks at robin he's like this is gonna happen and i was like oh it is what's happening and he's like it's not happening I was like, okay, because the superheroes <laughs> went back to Gotham City or their respective cities, Star City, all those. Once uh, Halloween starts, because then they'll allow, they put more villains out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, Batman runs up and he's like, what are you doing here, Freeze? And I was like, yeah, what are you doing here? And we just laid into this kid for like 10 minutes. And he's like, I don't, oh my God, this is both awesome and really scary. Like, what? <laughs> and he's like, I thought I put you in Gotham. An Arkham City in Gotham. And he's just like, oh, my God, like, what's going on? And he's like, this isn't Halloween. And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, it's a, co he's like, it's a costume. It's a costume. And he's like, it's not Halloween yet. Um, and he then got hired uh, two years later. They were for, like, look, got, when, you, when, yeah. you make, when you make it to 16, you can come back. Yep. You'll have a job. Two, two years later, he got hired for Fright Fest. And uh, he... Uh, Plotting his revenge. Yeah. You actually, oh, you, you actually met him last year at Demented, uh, Lyle. Oh, I knew Lyle from Menfield High. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Jack Frost. Yeah, shout out, out to there, Jack Frost. Who was uh, getting berated by Batman. Yeah. Um, now, the episode we're watching today, mm -hmm. it's SpongeBob's first holiday episode, and it's Halloween-centric. <laughs> the haunted mattress. Listen, anything Halloween on Nickelodeon as a child scared me. Um, Halloween episodes were always my favorite. Always my favorite, though. Yeah. Also, Disney Boys Meet Boy Meets World. That episode, <laughs> I had nightmares for months. Unless I forget Roseanne. Yes. Ugh. Roseanne Barr, like the Roseanne show, had the, the legendarily best Halloween episodes because mm -hmm. they would go all out on the budget. Oh yeah. Make the costumes really scary and whatnot. I mean, Roseanne's just scary in general. Oh, boy. Ooh. Topical. <laughs> <laughs> she felt that. Ambient. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so the episode we're watching is Scaredy Pants. Um, this is very notable because it's the first time we ever hear the Flying Dutchman's voice. Oh. He, he appears... Uh, in person, the, it's not his first appearance in the show because in a previous episode, you do. He's in the yeah. Squidward the Unfriendly Ghost. Yep. SpongeBob has the magazine. Uh, the voice of the Flying Dutchman is being played by Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray, who 
man, right when I think of him, I think of uh, Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. He plays the Noah. No, he plays the arcade owner. Yeah. Noah. No, now it's Noah's Arcade, but uh, I'm trying to think of the name. Like Vandercourt or something like that. Yep. Uh, he is also the mayor in Groundhog's Day. He's also in. Uh, he is in Caddyshack. He's in Caddyshack. Yeah, in he's Caddyshack. in Caddyshack. Well known, well known actor. But uh, man, is the Flying Dutchman does he absolutely kill it every time he's on this show and has been doing it ever since. What a good guy. Good guy, Brian Doyle Murray. Um, we also have a, we have another meme in this episode that appears when uh, Mr. Krabs is bobbing for apples. Um, but yeah, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to watch Scaredy Pants and we'll be right back. Say pudding. Pudding. 2,000 years later. Hey, we're back. Hey. Hey. We're oh, back. Hey. We just watched Scaredy Pants and now we're going to talk about Scaredy Pants. So if you'd like to join us. I know that there is a splattering of SpongeBob Halloween DVDs, but we're watching this through uh, Amazon from the good folks at Amazon. Prim. Prim. <laughs> uh, it's not Prime. It's called Prim. Prim. Like uh, the Hunger Games. And you can start it now. And we're starting at the intro because why not? But um, yeah, what'd you think? What'd you think about that episode? I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You remember it. Uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's funny. It's silly. And the whole time, my brain kept making false memories of the episode um, by filling it in with later episodes, such as like scaling and things like that. My my artistic mind was like, "Oh, wasn't this this this?" No. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. The um, the Flying Dutchman is named after the legendary ghost ship, the Flying Dutchman, and seems to resemble the famous pirate Blackbeard or the ship's captain and mythological character Davy Jones. Although, according to the legend of the Flying Dutchman, the ship's captain is a man by the name of William Vanderdecken. Not James Vanderbeek? Not James Vanderbeek. No. <laughs> why, <laughs> why did you bring his name up? It just, it, the minute you said it, it just sounded like Vanderbeek. Vanderbeek. Oh, yes, that guy, the third one. Yeah. That guy. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I love the, the charm in these older episodes. Look at the, the plates on the bottom right there that were just kind of like quickly painted on. It's, it's and like then one color over it. We talked about this in a previous episode and I, 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 I do. I love the old, uh, just animation style where everything's not complete or you can tell they didn't look at the previous cell for reference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you pointed this out, which I never cared to notice. It's just one of those things. Uh, all of the skeletons used in Mr. Krabs's decorations are uh, fish skeletons, but not of the fish in Bikini no, Bottom. No, they're like anatomically actual... correct. Yeah. That's... I don't know what to think of that, though. Because there's been jokes about, like, other fish and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's been jokes about fish that look like ours. Yeah. What we're used to, but there's not really ever been characters in the show that have been correct fish. No, the only place where you really see them as real is when they're like, you know, out of the ocean or in the movies when you see them as like their real counterparts, you know? 
Yeah. And this is also look right behind there. There's the haunted jellyfish decoration. And see, that's stylized. It's not like, you know, realistic jellyfish. Yeah. Jelly jellyfish skeleton, you know. This is the first episode not only to be on the ho- be based on a holiday, but it's the first episode to take place entirely at night. Oh, okay. Yeah, you didn't expect that. Um, Brian Doyle Murray, though, another little uh, thing about him being the Flying Dutchman. His birthday is on Halloween. Check that out. That's that's why he got the role. Look at this, look at this little cowboy. The fact that they even know <laughs> what cowboys, cowboys are. are. The the there was an underwater west at some point, mm-hmm. which that is true. The frontier because they've had they've had episodes in the uh, in the wild west, pest of the west. Oh, those flowers! And the fact that the pumpkin though is also a like a human earth size with actual giant pumpkin seeds in it. Yes, the pumpkin pies underwater must be excellent. Hold on, I'm. I'm putting the uh, sound on very, very slightly. My favorite is in this scene that, like I was saying earlier with um, looking at previous cells, Gary's photo in every cell is different. That it, see, but that's that's just great and charm. It's great. It, it j- adds that old atmosphere to it, that classic drawing style. You can't, see, you have to spend, these days, you have to spend much more time and money to copy this mm-hmm. when to me it's just easy like just go back to the old way cartoons were made it was go 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 draw 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 yes. go 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 we have to get it done by a deadline now it's get it done by the deadline but make sure everything is picture perfect and pristine yes and then in some cases like the Rocco special on Netflix had to like go out of its way to make itself look like mm-hmm. an old yeah cartoon but still high definition um do we do we talk about the fact that seemingly spongebob had a pine tree in his closet human pine tree that patrick just took and made clogs out of or that was option one option two is that patrick was pulling a legend of zelda and was carrying that pine tree in his pocket went to his inventory pulled it out to use yeah yeah and by the way, I know the character's name is Link, but that's the style of your pocket in The Legend of Zelda. Okay, I just want to correct that. Don't I? Last thing I want is a comment being like, "Called the guy Zelda." Click, click, click. Like, it's no, Link. are we talking about like Wind Waker? Are we talking um, Majora's Mask? Majora's Mask. That's okay. the best one. It's yeah. the best one. Not it's to one, get too much off topic, but it's it one is of the, the only best. ones I still have. Yep, there we go. That was the only one I like. Was actively trying to beat. Um, I. I love this joke that Patrick can't find the difference between his hand puppet and SpongeBob because I think it goes deeper than that. It's one of those like childhood uh, square circle triangle games, and he's just like, I don't know. But it goes deeper than that because I think he doesn't know which one. Like to him, the hand puppet is real. Oh, he doesn't know this. This is they're both people. I don't know. This is Abernathy. Yes. He dabs his forehead with sponge. Uh, I like how if you looked really closely, a couple of those that popped off him were in the shape of bees. I didn't notice that. Yeah. I didn't. And it's crazy. No one ever pointed out. I mean, it wasn't until the the Hooks episode where the idea of like humans actually fishing in this part of the ocean w- was brought up. 
SpongeBob's got a decoration on his wall of a giant lure. Oh yeah, he has he has two of them, right? Yeah, he has multiple lures. Yeah. I think he has a, a nightstand or a like a side table that's the bottom part of a like a lure with oh, three yeah, hooks the, the on three it. Oh yeah, the three hooks. Yeah. yeah, it's just crazy that kind of those kind of ideas. I love how Patrick is dressed as Groucho Marx, but also Patrick is also dressed up as Montez from the Workaholics. <laughs> <laughs> Now, can we talk about that skull rock? Do you think that is a legit skull, or do you think that is a rock-sized, a skull-shaped cave? Well, I can't say it's not a skull, because um, every idea I'm trying to come up with that takes the... Like, the fact that it's covered in in barnacles Barnacles and 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 sand and whatnot... But then my thought is, what if it's there for a while underwater? Yeah. And, it's going to get covered. And the thing is, it has uh, coral growing out of it and skull. If, if you know that coral actually is very resembled of a human or bone, huh. you know, animal bone. Maybe or that has a deeper ocean reference. Because yeah, you can get graphs of that stuff. Oh, there's our meme moment there. Uh, uh, and Pearl being dressed as like bride of frankenstein with a vampire fangs probably a, just a lazy combination mm-hmm. sandy here with the most terrifying costume in the room i love it because it's so real realistic yeah but <laughs> she's walking around as a captive of <laughs> like she's partying with fish dressed as a captured fish and they're just like, I don't understand what you are. Thank goodness, because if you did, you guys would dislike this costume. <laughs> and they still don't understand what kind of fish she is. <laughs> and the fact that the Krusty Krab's entire electricity is is plugged into one uh, power strip, that I'm going to propose this. Mr. Krabs is stealing someone else's electricity. He's probably getting it from the chum bucket, let's be real. The, the chum bucket, he has electrical cords coming from an outlet on the outside of the chum bucket to one power strip where he plugs in all the lights and he's just like ah plankton won't mind (laughs) (laughs) there's an idea for a future episode to kind of come back to this because that makes total sense that's where it all started (laughs) yeah he doesn't have to he doesn't pay electricity whatsoever it's funny too that they have um they have people dressed as Frankenstein underwater, which means is there an underwater version of Mary Shelley who writes an underwater version of Frankenstein? Or did a copy of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein somehow make it underwater? All the way down to Bikini Bottom. And then the fish transcribe, transcribe it. it to smaller books. There mm. you go. Now Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is... is also, a, this electrical storm that underwater. That was really cool. I... um. When I was looking at this episode last week, I was slowing down the frames, and it was literally just like back and forth, really intense colors, mm. and for such a quick shot. So very cool. Super cool. Uh, you pointed out something that I just took for granted, not took for granted, but I just never really realized it, but that the Flying Dutchman, the reason he is so massive is because he's supposed to be like a human size. Mm-hmm. And his scaling is different throughout the season. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think seasons. he can Well, I think he he can change his size. Yeah. Also, I love that he keeps his souls in this little man satchel. <laughs> he 
He looks so t- still look tough and hold your yeah. stuff. Uh, this is the only time the Flying Dutchman's pigtails are not straight. Oh yeah, they're like uh, they're like windy or like uh, Pippi Longstock in here. Yeah, yeah. I want to give a shout out too to Peter Burns as though this was his last episode as a writer. Um, but I mean, so far, man, this has been great writing in the show. Uh, let's see. And there he goes, changing. Yeah, he see he shrunk down yeah, his size a little bit to, to talk to SpongeBob. Um, the main characters Halloween costumes: Sandy is a pet goldfish in a bowl. Squidward is the Flying Dutchman. Pearl is the Bride of Frankenstein or a Lady Vampire. <laughs> Patrick is Groucho Marx. Mrs. Puff is a witch, and SpongeBob is a mattress. He's the ghost of the Flying Dutchman. But come on, he was not the ghost of the Flying Dutchman. And the fact that he's okay with this style stylized choice here that his brain is exposed like he clearly is aware of it now now looking at his physiology here they actually show it in multiple episodes in the future how it's a little bit different you know like this is like kind of like his spine he doesn't really have a spine but then they show it in other episodes you know where he's all like you could see his internal skeleton but here it's not showing he has no skull yeah that's why i anytime there's been like a skeleton of spongebob drawn i always go like that's that's no that's not right. He yeah. has no bones. He has no bones. He has said that in an episode before. Um, and he's a sponge. Yeah, cuz like when they when he goes in uh when they go into his head when he when he has plankton in there, you you see that. Yeah. You know. But then in another episode where they all shrink down the size. Yep. And they all attack SpongeBob and they're inside of him like breaking bones. Yeah. There there are bones. How? <sighs> what is going on? <sighs> but that was scaredy pants. Um our second time kind of going through it mm-hmm. quality. Now I, I think down the road, I think they go into the Halloween season a, a bit more like trying to be, I don't know, scarier, mm-hmm. but I think this is a good step as far as a, as a holiday episode goes. I don't think it's my favorite. Yeah. Halloween I, Nicktoon I episode. would definitely say during this time, early 90s, late 90s on Nickelodeon, their bar for Halloween content was set very high. And I also feel like at this point in 1999, you know, people are still feeling this show. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. want to scare kids off too much. You don't want to do anything like that. You want to play it a little safe. You know what I mean? My favorite, honestly, is Doug's. Yeah, I loved Doug's. Where they they are in Funky Town and mm-hmm. they're waiting to go into Bloodstone Manor. Mm-hmm. And what sucks is that Doug and Skeeter are the next ones in line with a lot of people behind them. And they're just like, okay, park's closed. Bye. Yep. But then they sneak in with Roger. And uh, it's one of my favorites because it gives you that bit of a wink like, did all that really happen or didn't? Because the, the Phantom it seems... Like, he kind of shows that the whole ride is fake, but then he could be real. Yeah. And it leaves you with that moment. I feel like Nick did that a lot with a lot of their Halloween episodes, like with Hey Arnold and all those things. It was a lot of leaving it to the unknown. You know, uh, Rugrats did it. Um, Rocco's Modern Life had a great Halloween episode. And they they were all that kind of like, was it really ghosts? Was it really that? And... Like you're saying, they just left it to your interpretation. And then it never happened, you know, going on to the the other episodes. It was like, that's a separate universe from all the others. Absolutely. <laughs> and here's the thing. Um, I, I do think out of, can, compared to a lot of other Nicktoon Halloween episodes, I think Scaredy Pants <laughs> is 
maybe middle of the ground. But when it comes to other holidays, I think SpongeBob has has excelled past other Nicktoons. Um, their Christmas one is up there. Nothing beats Hey Arnold's Christmas. That is mm-hmm. the best holiday episode of any show verbatim they're, regardless. Theirs were always touching. Um, SpongeBob's up there with his Christmas episode. Valentine's Day SpongeBob's episode is like number one. Every other Valentine's Day cartoon. Rugrats Hanukkah. Let my babies go. <laughs> my no one, favorite. No my one has favorite. tried to tackle a Hanukkah episode again. My favorite. And they did Kwanzaa too. Yeah. They did so many. I had all the books too. I got them at a Scholastic Book Fair. Rugrats, all the all of the, the holiday, holiday ones. books. Yep, man, Rugrats. I I was messaging you the other day when I was watching All Grown Up. Oh my god! And it was the first time. I liked the All Grown Up special, and when the show first oh, dropped, when they when they went when they flash forward into the future. Right, that was yep. the backdoor pilot for it. When it was a wish. Um, and. I enjoyed the show right when it started, but I didn't like get into it as intensely as I did other shows. But man, I got emotional the other night, like watching it and being like, I was appreciative that we got to continue on with these characters in their lives. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just like a one off. You can see how things are in their life and not everything is perfect. Mm -hmm. And some of the topics that were in this like season right in beginning of season two were heavy topics. Yeah. So. I feel like they could have actually expanded upon it and continued um, with these topics. Yeah. You know, I feel like they could have done like a uh, a back to school, like college, or even a, an all grown up, all grown up. Like how they are in their, their 20s or 30s. 30, 30s I mean, now. Is, now it would have to be 30s. Yeah. It would, Angelica be... would be like 34, 35. Ta- yep. And uh, it's Tommy would... Uh, Tommy's born in 1991. Tommy would have the house... Yep. That his parents lived in, and he would have his... They'd move down to Florida. It's not... Oh, yeah, it's a Florida-style house. Yeah. Or it's in California. Yeah, they're, the yeah. and then I, I feel like it would be California, and the parents would move down to... Uh... No, they would stay in California. Chucky Chucky owns the coffee shop that his father, his father ran, the Java Lava. And I feel like Dill would be like, you know, like a... He'd be like a bright entrepreneur. Like, you know, he'd be like a millionaire. He owns like a, a nice big millennial company. He had like a nice good startup. Well, like he made like an it, Uber. There, there's an opportunity. I mean, they are bringing it back to TV. So if yeah. it does hit big and they do it right, because they're bringing back the original writer. Yeah. The um, when the show started, it was started with three people: Arlene Klasky, uh, Garbor Shupo. That was mm-hmm. Klasky Shupo. who yep. made like Rocket Power and All Real mm-hmm. Monsters and all this. And then there was Paul Germain. Mm-hmm. Paul Germain was the head writer and was the guy behind Angelica, like making her the antagonist. He was the one making the more serious episodes or the ones that would really like, Hit for example, like divorce Arlene, Cla- like yeah, Arlene Klasky hated Angelica, yeah, hated how mean she was, disliked episodes like when they had court because she was like, it's too adult, like they're mm-hmm. babies, but no. it's a cartoon. Um, so after the initial 52 episodes ended... They were like, okay, everybody, we're, we're moving on. Nickelodeon made a mistake in the programming, and Rugrats was playing like 10 times a day. I remember was just that. just getting killer ratings. Yeah. So then they came back to Klasky Chupo, and like, hey, do you want to make more Rugrats? We'll come back to you. And um, they said, yeah, but Paul can't come back. Oh. So they went on and did the Hanukkah special mm-hmm. in 95, and mm-hmm. then put then in production... In- 
a new season along with the movie. Brought in like Susie and on all that. No, Susie Kim- was Kimmy? season. Susie two? was season two. Uh, season two, probably, yeah. but it's uh, very early on they yeah. brought her in. Um, but no, this was they got to four seasons, three or four seasons, and then, then they the brought in Kimmy. And- no, no, then they brought they had one season to bridge the Hanukkah special to the movie because there was an episode that mm. Stu and Dee Dee went on a cruise yep, and I she was getting sick the entire time. Then yep. she's like, I'm pregnant. When then the animation started to... Getting nicer. Getting nicer, Then yep. they had the movie and then they had a season or two where Dill was added. Yep. Then they had Paris. Paris. Then Kimmy. Then Kimmy was added for another season or two and then canceled. Mm-hmm. And in those last two seasons is where they had the 10th anniversary special in which the babies grow up and have the... And then the spinoff, yep. And then the spinoff came in, I think, like, 2004. Mm-hmm. So I think 2000, yeah, 2001, they had the 10th anniversary special. So I think it was 2003 or four. they had all grown up. Mm-hmm. Which I thought got canceled after two seasons. It actually lasted five. Wow. It was 55 episodes. Mm-hmm. Still, still in the shadow of Rugrats. Rugrats has, yeah. like, a hundred and something, but mm-hmm. the pretty respectable run. Yeah. I didn't give it its credit. I apologize. I admit that right now. It was so good. I loved it. I know. You were you were like, Chucky is bae? I was like, Chucky is bae. Chucky is out there. In the in- initial episodes, he's like, I want to purposely get in trouble. And you're like, oh, oh. oh okay, this is a f- different Chucky. And Tommy is kind of worried. This is, oh, growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, right there. Oh, man. Well. Thank you for coming on another episode. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Last time we recorded, me. my car got towed. Oh, yeah, it's, it's dead. It's happening again. I'm going to go outside. My right car's going to be missing. Or my car will be gone. That would be hilarious. I, I would feel bad. But I just bought new tires, man. You've got to admit that would be hilarious if this it would time be your pretty car fun. got towed. We, <laughs> we recorded two episodes, yeah. and then right as I left, like, it was going? we had the moment of, dude where's my car and i literally was going on vacation in an hour and a half yeah so you were I was leaving like, in an i was hour. like bro i'm leaving for two weeks i i i have i i feel okay no. let's get in the car i'll drive you to the impound as fast as, as fast yeah, as we possible we didn't even know where it was at first no. um i was on the phone with the police mm-hmm. and we were if you remember there was like the conversation with the police and then there was the conversation they were hands off they were like Dude, we just got called and then called the tow truck. So yeah. you have to deal with the tow company. And I called the tow company because the reasons that were given from either side were like, uh, this is what was wrong. And then this is what was wrong. And I'm like, can you, what's going on? And the crazy thing is, when I asked my neighbors, I was like, did you call the cops on a on a car that was parked here? And my neighbor who you parked in front of, she wasn't even home. So she someone else. She was like, I wasn't home and you know I let I, I don't mind if it's like people at, from you guys. And yeah. I know I know because I have a camera and I would see them walk into your house. And I'm like, Oh, so tr- true. No one called. <laughs> yeah. No one called. It was a cop coming down the street and at the time I had a I had a, a leak in my gas tank. So it would drip every minute or so. So this cop rolling down the street sees an out-of-state car dripping gas. And I think he asked one neighbor of like, hey, is that, do you know whose car that is? And they were like, nope. So the cop just assumed, okay, it's been here for a while. Our 
I'm sorry. I think the first time he didn't notice the gas and put a sticker on it that said, like, when you abandon a car, mm-hmm. they put the sticker which, on which it. But you can't do that. It was an. It was you were there less than two hours. Right. So he didn't know. So he puts the sticker on, and then it was another officer driving by later on, yeah. who sees the sticker. They saw the leak and was like, "I'm getting it towed." So the to the tow company, they saw the sticker and was like, "They didn't get." They weren't told about the leak. They were just like, oh, we're picking up an abandoned car. So there was all these different answers as to what happening. One officer saying it was abandoned. One officer saying it was leaking. The second part is true. But either way, my car got towed. And, and either way, the tow company's like, pay us money or you're not getting your car back, even if it was done by and mistake. And I remember you telling me that the cops told you, like, oh, this is a high, um, high like drop abandoning abandoning area yeah like we and find i was a lot like, of cars down here and i was like this is a, it's it's a boulevard and and every single house has the same cars in front of it every day it's it's not a place where you abandon a car we have a neighborhood watch like no one abandons cars on this street or even thinks about going on this street because everyone knows everybody right you, you right. know it's like not a street that people go down it's like uh, everyone knows each other's name and are like, oh, hey, Jim. Hey. So completely lied. Yeah. And then I was still out of money because that's what happens, kids, is, uh, you know, then they have your vehicle. You can't do anything. They're oh. like, they they don't care what caused them. They're mm-hmm. like, either way, your car ended up on our tow yeah. truck and you owe us money. All grown up. All grown up did <laughs> not prepare me for this. It prepared me that my brother may be weird. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) And that the Rugrats grow up in a way you did not expect, which I didn't get to appreciate during after the first season. They kind of changed the art style slightly. Mm -hmm. If you remember this stylized, more stylized. And I realized I hated it for Mm -hmm. years. And now I realize that it was not that they really changed the art style. What they changed was the lighting effects. Mm hmm. I mean, some characters got different hairstyles, like Phil and Lil changed their hairstyles up and Tommy changed his hairstyle up a bit. But what always bothered me was it went more to like a he had it was more straight up now and then he had a little tuft in the front because it used to be the straight. Yeah. Um, And I realized that I hated it because of the color change and the and the stylized change. But then when I was actually watching it the other day and staring at the colors and whatnot, I was going, huh. They didn't actually change colors. It just changed lighting. It's being lit in a different way, and there's always a shadow on the the side of their head regardless on where they turn. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I was fine with it. Like, all right, hey, things change, and I actually like the designs a little bit better the second time. It feels like it's standing on its own because for the first season, they copied pretty much all the same hairstyles they had in that one special. And what do teenagers do? They do their hair. They change their hair up. A whole lot. Yeah. I know I changed mine a whole lot in that era. Oh, you mean not now? Yeah. <laughs> You're getting prepared for your your costume. Yes, I, know. I am. I, I'm getting prepared for that so much. Where can people check you out? They want to follow your uh, so your makeup tutorials. Your you have a fairly famous social media following right now. Plug yes, everything. it's 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 getting it's getting there. So I have multiple social media platforms. I haven't checked in on my makeup page in quite a while. That is Michael Vincette's Custom FX uh, on Instagram. Then there's also McCardigan on Instagram. And then on TikTok 
It is McCardigan 47, uh, which I do mostly uh, cosplay-related and uh, Six Flags stories, Tales of a Costume Character. Um, yeah, you're getting a little stories, following up there on getting TikTok. A little, getting a little following over on TikTok. I also do Spider-Man on there. I'm going to be doing uh, Geralt from The Witcher again on there. Yeah, you got doing, a Geralt costume. Yep, was doing that for a while. Uh, then I also have my Facebook, which is my comedy page, and that is Mike Normand twenty six, uh, and that is mostly uh, satire videos where I also have um, drink reviews. Uh, it's Mike at a bar in a basement, which is pretty cool, um, where I review beer, mixed drinks. Uh, and do comedy uh, weekly quarantine thoughts with that one. I haven't done those you, in about five weeks. You just so. sip something and you go, okay, that was nice. And then that's the video. That's the <laughs> Honestly, the last one I did was just that. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm not going to do these for a while. <laughs> but mostly right now I am doing uh, primarily TikTok. All right. Well, definitely anyone listening to this, check them out. I'm obviously going to have you on again in the future. Um, thank you for being a, a last minute help in this, in this regard. Oh, you're very welcome. It's much appreciated. And uh, you are welcome on any time, sir, to talk about whatever you'd like. What are you playing over there? I'm sorry. TikTok <laughs> opened. Uh, <laughs> I was checking. Stay closed, TikTok. You got to stay close. My phone does weird stuff sometimes. All right. Give a give a, uh, a haunted goodbye in a voice of your choosing. Goodbye.